Kainos, Kainos, fresh tongues, Kainos, fresh tongues. A new depth, a new fountain, a new depth, a new fountain, Kainos. Mighty name we pray. <clears throat> You see, just like he said, many, many, many years ago, not too long ago, but it's been a while. There was a level of hunger. You see, something is not really hunger, it comes with assurance. If you are pressing into God and you are not sure you will lay hold, that one is not yet hunger. Because hunger is the very, I, I say it often and often, that hunger is the very assurance that you will be hold. If in the pursuit of God there is an allowance that the devil opened inside your soul that allowed fear to enter, that you know, say, are you sure you will touch this thing? This thing they are saying, are you sure you will touch it? Eh? It might not really be for you, just take it easy. On that day, what you are doing is no more hunger. It can be anything. Yes. Because it was on that that year. This is happening 2013. 2013. I, it was the year I fasted for 13 months. I was fasting. My target in that fasting is if God didn't answer, I will die in the fasting. Because now, beyond the fact, are you with me now? Beyond the fact that they said that if you fast, I wasn't even fasting to get in. I wasn't. I sure know that there is something on this path. <clears throat> the hunger has a definition to it. So, if you cannot define hunger, if he, if he does not, rather, if hunger does not bring definition to your heart, it's not hunger. Hmm? It can be an ambition. Are you with me now? Now, you can be ambitious as a believer. But if it's hunger, it carries substance. It's more like a faith. It's more like faith that is ministered in the inside of you. So that even before you have started pursuing in the realm of the spirit, you have laid hold. It's only a matter of time. It's more like the manifestation. It's more like, God, what will I do for this thing to manifest? Now, and I'm not talking about gifts or encounters and those ones come along the way. What I'm saying is that hunger is a, is a quantity in eternity. Yes, because there is really nothing in time that we can use to define hunger. I know we use physical hunger to define it, but it, it still lacks in strength. It still lacks in weight to convey the real meaning of what hunger means. Because, are you getting the point now? It is hunger that has the capacity to steer you beyond limits. It is hunger that has capacity to steer you beyond. As you are now, you don't know your limits. Until a man is baptized with strange hunger, you don't know the limit of that person. We start counting how strong and weighty a man is in his pursuit of God 
when a dimension of hunger has entered into him and it is that hunger that brings a confident assurance that the very thing you pursue in God that you will lay hold hunger suffuses the, the every fiber of your being with a depth of confidence that cannot be defined with anything that is material there is nothing on this earth realm that has the capacity to define the confidence that hunger ministers to your heart because before God, because God operates from eternity and before he starts operating, he needs to show you that truth is that there is nothing you are doing that, are you with me now? You must understand hunger because there is nothing you are doing that will qualify you for whatever God has kept on the way for you. So that is why hunger has to be in place so that you will be confidently assured that if, there are things you are doing, you know, but it's more like a response in obedience so that that which God has factored into your heart will find expression. And just like faith, faith is now, it means that hunger is also now. Hunger is not when he has manifested. No, hunger is now, just like faith. And it's a quantity in eternity. In such a way that the full scope of what he's about to bring has already been captured in eternity. Now, what is your job now is what you do to bring that stuff from eternity to where? Time. You must understand eternity because that is where God dwells. Hmm? And your destiny is not time-based. Your destiny is a seed of eternity. I hope you know. Just like you, you are a seed of eternity. So if we begin to give you definition based on what we can you know, gather from time, we will lack, we will will be crippled in our attempt. Are you getting the point now? So if it's true that your destiny and you yourself are components of eternity that is brought into time for manifestation, it also means that if your destiny and these things will be properly brought to manifestation, to fulfillment, what it takes have to also be derived from eternity. And I tell you, it's not power that it takes. It's not anointing. I know that I've told you is many things. No, I've said it often on this hunger. Because I want to ask you, what is it that you have that is not given to you? What hunger comes? When hunger comes, it ministers to you a depth of faith that is unshakable. Are you with me now? It is hunger that was on the life of those early saints, and the scripture says that they shut down the mouths of lions. They turned the armies of the enemies to flight. Huh? They counted their life for nothing. Hmm? These things they did not yet seeing the, the promise that they had the confident assurance. The scripture says that they looked for a city that had foundations. What type of men are that? What type of men. It, it is after this account that they now said of them that this world is no worthy of them. Hmm? There is something hunger does to you. Hunger, the, when hunger begins to work out its protocol in your life, the type of life you believe in, this earth will not be worthy of you. Until you have started living in such a way that earth is not worthy of you. You have not yet touched the depths of hunger. Hunger minister, they bring food, it doesn't matter. Bring clothes, it doesn't matter. Is it not true? They bring TV, it doesn't matter. Bring book, even your school, it doesn't matter. 
Now, I'm not saying you won't do well in school, but you know that this is just a fragment of time. That what we are pursuing is a component of eternity. And the only thing I need, the only thing that can help me to lay hold is a quantity also from eternity. That quantity is now hunger. And when that hunger begins to find expression in your soul, then you will begin to lose taste of what is mundane and temporal. Things that are time-based and things that can be generated from, from this our time. It will no more be able to feed you again. Your heart will be set on something larger than you. They will ask you, why are you crying? You, you cannot really explain why you are crying. You cannot explain why a man will be talking about and you are crying. The reason is this. What is working in you cannot be... There is nothing in time by man that can, that can answer to the quest that is in your heart. is hunger. The scripture says that this man, the earth is not worthy of them. Is the earth still worthy of you? You have not received the hunger. The hunger is the confident assurance that you will never hold. The scripture said, where we read, it said, and there is none that calleth upon thy name. <laughs> there is none that steereth himself up. There is nothing that moves the heart of God like when everybody is casual about life, when everybody is thinking that it's, it's time to stop, when everybody is thinking we have done enough, when everybody is now picking in their pursuit of God. Somebody is crying out, oh God, this is not it. This is not it. There has to be more. There has to be more. There has to be more. If one man can cry out to God, God can pass a million people just to answer to your hunger. A songwriter said, We are desperate people. We want more, more, Lord. We are desperate people. We want more, more, Lord. We are desperate people. We want more, more, Lord. We are desperate people. We want more, more, Lord. We are desperate people. We want more, more, Lord. We are desperate people. We want more, more, Lord. We are desperate people. We want more, more, Lord. Let me tell you, let me warn you now. Never pursue God without hunger. Hmm? Pursuing God without hunger is like praying without burden. It carries little weight. People have come and uh, they have asked me, we have prayed, we have fasted, nothing is happening. They forgot that, that fasting and praying is not mounting pressure on God. Hmm? Just, like pray, just like prayer is not very repetition. You are trying to tell God what he doesn't know. Can you tell God what he doesn't know? Huh? So, prayer is not an informative venture. Prayer is the receiving of burden from God 
and the active engagement on those bodies to see that the mind and the will of God concerning them comes to pass. In the same way, when you want to pursue God, pursuing God is, let me tell you, the scripture says no one can come except he what? Draws. No one can what? Come except he what? Draws. And the question is, how does God draw you? No wonder the scripture says in the book of Ecclesiastes, he said that he has planted eternity in the heart of men. Eh? The component, that's why I'm telling you, there is a component of eternity that is planted in your heart. Every human being, it is not just believers. That component of eternity can never, that component is like a gap in the spirit, a vacuum that nothing can fill except God himself. When you now come into the kingdom, the appropriate interpretation and translation of that very vacuum is what we now call hunger. A gap that is left in the heart of a believer that nothing can feel but more of God. Are you not getting the point now? So a man that tries to engage the pursuit of God without receiving hunger, without diving into depths in hunger, is like a man that is trying to pray without burden. You, you, the air will just be carrying your prayer like this. There is no weight. There is no direction. There is no... It, it, it is neither a vector quantity or a scalar quantity. There is neither weight nor direction. But when hunger comes, it, it gives and it, it gives impetus. It gives momentum to your pursuit of God. Suddenly, you begin to make tremendous progress in God. You do not get to things in God because you made attempts. You, you, you get to things in God because God brought you. And there is only one way he can draw a man. It is through hunger. He said, no one stared himself. No one stared himself. No one stared himself. He said, God hides himself. He hid himself from all. It seems as if God hides himself and waits for men that will seek him out. Is the is the honor of God to hide things. It is the way of God to hide things and the honor of kings to search it out. If you will seek me with all your heart. The scripture says no one stared himself to seek him. No one calls upon his name. You see, and this is in a testimony of people that there are many prayers that are going on. Fastings are going on. Are you with me now? If our studies are going on, people are filling their head with head knowledge. Eh? People are fasting and they are dying from fasting. People are praying and they are dying from prayer. Yet they are not laying hold on substance of God. The content of their pursuit is vague. They cannot say it is this and that. Are you with me now? They cannot predict the very end of their pursuit in God because there is something that is lacking. It is that thing that gives a definition to your pursuit of God. That thing is called hunger. 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 No one stared himself. No one stared himself. <laughs> Ah, even Jesus himself was able to fulfill his ministry because he was hungry. Do you know? You must have heard that the scripture, when Jesus sat, came to Samaria, there he, he was telling many stories there. Are you with me now? 
The story is not about the people that went to buy food. The story is about the fact that there is a drink that is eternal and there is a, a meal that is eternal. Are you with me now? Now, and the only way to get into the path where you can eat of that meal and drink of that water is when you sustain a, a, a posture in the spirit where you are now hungry and thirsty for that substance of God. See, let me tell you, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. There are things that move the heart of God. I'm yet to see something that moves the heart of God like hunger. If a hidden man that has never heard the gospel is hungry for, for the genuine God, God will appear to him. It was at Mesopotamia that a man that is called Abraham, something is in his heart began to ring and then God appeared to him and, and began to give him covenants and testimonies that lasted for, that will last for eternity. No wonder they said of David that this is a man after my heart. Are you with me now? Now, one of the major reasons why David is called the man after God's heart is because God owns his heart. He's a man that is hungry after God. He said in, in, in his Psalms, he said, Oh God, thou art my God, and early will I seek thee. You know what that means? It means that he started seeking him in his youth. Early will I seek you is beyond seeking him in the early morning. It means that you began to seek him in your youth. Let me tell you the truth. Oh. There are places you will never enter in God until, unless you started seeking him when you are young. I want to see your face. I love that song. I want to know your ways. I want to touch your grace. That I may live your days. I want to see. Hmm. The scripture says, No one stirreth himself. And there is none that calleth upon the name of the Lord. You know, he has baffled me that in the time of Isaiah, this, the scripture, there is a call. Many people are gathered in that congregation and God is saying, I am looking for a man who will I send and who will what? Go for me. In the midst of, people are gathered, congregation, men are gathered. Believe it or not, God is still looking for men in this generation. I want you to pray. In two minutes, say, find me, Lord. Find me, find me, find me, find me, me, a man. Find me, me. Two minutes, two minutes. Pray to God. Sunny Kosa. Find me, Lord. Find me, Lord. Find me, Lord. Sagila Matande Likabosale. Ayenamola Kabena. Saitemola. Find me, Lord. Find me, Lord. If you cry, if you cry, he will answer. He's not deaf. Our God is not dead. He's not dead. Aita kuskabe nana kaskela mante mante kuskaparata bahasala kambrete benia rapeto uskapatande ligata ikamonda rate kabosa da brande getelia kabrana bata bamana mande gebreto bokuskata branda da barata bamata zamre de beletelia kambra kapata bamata letoko boko 
Mighty name, we pray. Let's do, let's do a Bible study for a few minutes and then we pray. Let's start from where our brother stopped. The scripture says in the book of Aide in Isaiah chapter 64. Isaiah chapter 64. Aide, verse 7. Somebody read for me. says, and there is none that calleth upon thy name. Is it true? Eh? Is it true? When the scripture says here that there is none that calleth upon thy name, what do you think it means? What do you think the scripture is talking about? What do you think the scripture is talking about? The heart of the masses has been torn from God. There is none that call it upon my name. And you must understand that that is the very context of the revival that we talk about. We have said many times about um, the spirit of Elijah. What is the major job of the spirit of Elijah? Who can tell me? Mm-hmm. And turn the heart of the father to the sons. That is the job. The spirit of Elijah has the capacity to compel men to begin to seek God. Can God come in our generation and, and be saying there is none that sorting? Yet there are thousands of churches. Especially around this area that is Christian community. You before you go from here to here, from here to here, from here to here, from here to here. Is it not true? And God is saying there is none that call it upon the name of And he now said, there is no one that himself. What do 
what do you understand by the word? There is no one that steereth himself. The thing is, even when everybody is uh, comfortable with a particular condition, hmm. you do not, when you look at it, you say, no, this is not That's one dimension. When you hear there is no understanding himself. This is the answer I'm looking for. Going beyond what you think is the acceptable physical capacity, is the acceptable capacity. Let me tell you, if we want to touch God, the, because the prophecy that is hanging on this our generation is that the glory of the latter house shall be one greater than the former. Now, as we said, if we want to tell ourselves the truth, we have to measure up first before we now pass. But that is not my problem, because it, it, this, the zeal of the Lord will accomplish it. Now, the challenge is for us to key in, into that zeal. One of the ways that the zeal of the Lord is manifested is by planting hunger in our hearts. That's part of the way. Now, but I want to say something. Now, this is it. If you pursue, if your pursuit of God is, let me look at my neighbor, what my neighbor is doing. Because I've looked around, people are praying, they're doing many things, so, hmm? and they are, they have now measured that if God is coming like this, the way these people are coming, God will come. God is now saying that after seeing those people doing those prayer and fasting and all, he's saying that there is no one that stares himself. After seeing them doing that thing, ah, because me and my friend, we went to Vet Mountain in 2011. And we stayed there for five days. It was after that five days that my face shined. And I came down. Me, I rejoiced. Hmm? And then I went to God again. God told me, give me a fasted life. That is why someone like you, you can fast to touch things in God. Me, I fast to live. I fast to do what? Stay alive. Because God told me what? Give me a fasted life. I tried it to 12. I thought I would die. I tried it to 12. I thought I would die. I came to 13. I said, it is either I die or nothing. It is either I die or nothing. It is at that point that grace is being ministered to you. You see, God knows when you have sworn to either die or live. Well, you can say it in mouth, but once he enters your heart, that's when grace begins to be ministered. I fasted, I set out four to five days every month and I was fasting. Somebody help me, somebody help me. Find a chair, come close and see. Come close. Help me, help me. Oh, <laughs> 
Something is happening here. Be sensitive. Don't stay far away. I used to say that there is a force field in the spirit. You, you are sitting at the back. There is a force field in the spirit. And don't stay outside the force field. Now listen to me. Listen, 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 listen. Don't worry, it's okay. Don't worry. Don't. Now listen to me. It was after the first month. I finished first month. And I thought after first month that God will say it's okay. I finished first month. I didn't see anything. I finished second month. I didn't see anything. I did third month. In fact, when I finished third month, I didn't even feel. You know, there is a way you'll be pursuing God. So you'll be feeling. Let me be feeling the water small, small now, so that we know we are going somewhere. Nothing. The testimony of Naaman was my testimony. You know his testimony. His testimony is that when he on, he went six times, nothing. It was on the seventh. I went for the fourth month, nothing. Fifth, nothing. Sixth, nothing. Seventh, nothing. Eighth, nothing. I said, what is this? It was in that time that the devil started bringing all types of distraction, all kinds of things. It was in that period that they told me, come back home, this one. My cousins called me, they came back from USA. And no, they came back from Europe and they said they bought, brought things for me, you know, and all that. But I've sworn to die in God. I went on the ninth month. I told God will come on the ninth month, nothing. I went on the tenth, nothing. I went on 11th. It was after 11. I said, if, if God like, let him come in five years' time. <laughs> we are not going anywhere. We are not, we are not going anywhere. The first teacher said that let God bring us to a point where we don't have any option again but him. That is the, that is the, the purpose of the finance of affliction. Eh? The target of the baptism of fire is to leave you with only the things that is sourced from God. Are you with me now? That the only supporting component that is still retained in your adventure in life and in pursuit of God is the things that are only sourced from God. There are revelations and experiences and dreams that will minister to you on the account of your consistent work with God so that the, the arm of flesh will be broken eternally from you. Your capacity to have many options and many, you still have many plans. No, Jesus has not begun to work. When he begins to work, you start losing strength in your capacity, your wisdom, your capacity, your, your, you have wisdom to plan your life. No, at that time, is either God shows up or nothing happens. It was when I finished the 11th, I entered 12. I finished 12, nothing. It was on the 13th I finished. And actually, it didn't happen during the fast, you know. I finished the fasting and left. And we went for a prayer meeting, pastors and ministers' prayer meeting. When we finished, they have finished praying and pastors, everybody were resting. And I felt a hand touch me like this. 
I said, give me two more hours. I was so tired. The scripture says, no one steereth himself. The day when steering is needed is the day where every strength has failed. Where if you say, Kai, I won't continue now. Everybody will say you have tried. You know that time? How many of you have seen that time? Where you say, if I stop now, even, even, who is the most rugged person you know? That person will say, you have tried, you have tried. But the scripture is saying, at that moment where people can give you certificate that you have tried, eh, that is when I want you to what now steer yourself. At the point where you are expected to finally fail, eh, that is where you are supposed to mount up with strength. For they that wait upon the Lord, there is a testimony for they that wait upon the Lord. They have a perpetual source of strength that cannot be exhausted. The scripture says that every one of them move from strength to strength as they appear in Zion. Eh? It is on that account that God can have the right to tell you that when you are weak and, and feeble, when you have exhausted the strength and capacity, the grace that you have received thus far, the wisdom, the knowledge you have thus far in the pursuit of God, it is on that moment that in anchors you will steer yourself. Because it, people now, that's where people stopped. That's where your pastors and your father, that's where they stopped. And what is still ailing them is ailing them. Are you getting the point now? They don't ever think that they didn't fast. Though. Are you hearing me? Ah, oh, you don't know. Don't ever think that they didn't pray. Don't ever think that they didn't sacrifice. Some of them were persecuted. It's just that when, when the nun came to a point where their ebbs is low, there is a demand at that time. The demand at that time is not to give up. The demand at that time is to what? Steer. Steer. I can't stop now. About my life, about my life, to a pursuit that cannot be given definition by anything that is found in time. I pursue an eternal God, therefore, the, the strength that I need can only be sourced from eternity. That is why grace and, and hunger has to be ministered to your spirit. There is none that stirreth himself. There is none that stirreth himself. We need men that will steer themselves again in the pursuit of God. Because now, people are now clapping for themselves. People clap for themselves for praying for 12 hours. Clap for themselves for fasting. Clap for themselves for study. Clap for... They didn't know this is when God is saying, Oh yeah, you have now caught my attention after five years of pursuing me. Eh? After five years of fasting and prayer and consistency. Now you have gotten my attention. I, that is when you now gave up. And he came and cried. None call it upon my name. For none share it himself. For it is it, the testimony of men. Eh? Are you with me now? The testimony of men is that when you come at this point, you are expected to be weak. For you are man. The testimony of them that ran ahead of you before is that when you come at this point, you have reached a point where you say that if you stop now, you have done a little for God. You have done as much as you can. But the testimony of God is that at that point where grace is supposed to be grace that others had is supposed to stop you, that there is another level of steering that you need to receive so that you'll be pushed into them that cannot be imagined. There is a call upon our generation. There is a call. I, I want to do Bible study. I want to do Bible study.
Dakuska mena deli boska kari lakapana anguska baete kani anto kaskana rete deko takasana mande ratapo lakate manande libakuska de baranta pray in the spirit for two minutes pray in the spirit for two minutes sabro taba sanambre debe debi pray in the spirit for two minutes something is happening. Ragata Babananta Braka Patogoska de Manandeli, Ranemananta, Grata Pebonas, Baya, 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 Stay up yourself, stay up yourself. Napalaka Brata Balada Bamanata Babadia, Repete de Nedia, Cabranda Baba Baba, Tabata de Renemenetia, Rapata Babanata Bata Babaco Bacoscapa, Renende Pila, Lenende Pila, Lenende Pila.
said it, then we will not settle for less. And we will never settle for less. <laughs> for we know there's so much found in you. And we So much found in you, and we will never settle for less. For we know there's so much found in you, and we will never settle for less. For we know there's so. Jesus, and we will never settle for less, for we know there's so much found in you, Master, and we will never settle for less, for we know there's so so much found in you eyes have not seen ears have not heard 
But we trust the revelation of the Spirit to bring us to the frontiers of that which our heart have indicted. And we will never settle for less. For we know there's so much found in you. And we will never settle for less. Don't settle for this. For we know there's so much found in you. And we will never settle for less. It's a prayer. For we know there's so much found in you. And we will never settle for this. For we know there's so much found in you. And we
With your Bible open to First Kings chapter 18 as we round up First Kings chapter 18. First Kings chapter 18. Go with your Bible and read for me. First Kings chapter 18. Can read from verse forty one. First Kings chapter eighteen, verse forty one. Now watch. Okay, start again. Let's analyze that part first. You see, before rain comes, there is first of all what? Papa Benihin says that for every move of God, there is first of all what? A sound in the spirit. I went further to say that it is the accurate interpretation of that sound that releases to us the keynote of what God intends to do. It is on this account that the scripture now says in the book of Acts chapter 2 that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, 
and they were all gathered together in that room. And there what came a sound. There came what a sound as a rushing mighty wind. For every revival, there is a sound, and it is not. See, there is sounds of revival are moving everywhere. It is not. It is not about the sound. It is the capacity to interpret the sound that will determine whether there will be an outpour. I with me now, because the one that fell on the day of Pentecost, the scripture says that there came a sound from heaven. Eh? The man that was speaking now interpreted that sound. He said, like what? A rushing mighty wind. So that for every move of God, you must interpret the sound. So that we know to, to what intent is God releasing this revival. To what intent is the spirit being poured out? This thing we are pressing into, why self? Why are we? To what intent? Are you with me now? Mm-hmm. It was during those 13 months that God will come and meet me. And these two chapters in the scripture is the preeminent chapter that he used for me. I never knew he was training me for revival. I never knew. I never knew. Because he will come and tell me, using chapter 19, eat and drink, for the journey is too great on me. And I thought that thing is in, for, for five years he was telling me that eat and drink for the journey is too great for thee. As a matter of fact, he went ahead and showed my mother a vision. She just repeated it some time ago. and said she saw me in that vision and I was about to make a long journey, pack my suitcase and I was about to leave. And she, called, she asked me whether I've eaten. I said yes. She called my sister and said she should go and give me food. I came back, they gave me food. After eating, she said, come back. They should go and give me another food. This is the third time. You know, Elijah ate how many times? Two. They called me to eat three times. Because the truth is that it's not that I'm Elijah. I'm saying the demand on us now is greater than their demand. Because Israel, Israel is, is actually God's own country. It's just that they went away to other nations. So you know what it means for a country to be a God's own country. Like in America, those days of Charles Finney's revival, if they, if they call for a revival meeting, even unbelievers come to church. Because deep in their culture is a culture of faith. But you cannot literally say the, the same thing for us. We have many hidden. We have people of the bond woman and all kinds of stuff. Are you with me now? So the demand became higher. After some time, God came and He gave me this word. There is a sound of abundance of rain. There is a sound. There is a sound of abundance of rain. It is when you are able to interpret the sound. When you see men that have interpreted the sound properly, 
they will prepare better. Is it not true? Let me show you from the scripture. When you see the way people are preparing for the revival, for the move of God, it is a testimony to the fact of how well they are equipped at interpretation. Because one of the greatest needs in the body of Christ is the ministry of interpreters. Are you with me now? As a matter of fact, the events that took place in the book of Acts chapter 2, 3, especially chapter 2 and 3, is couldn't have been put in this right perspective if God did not raise the ministry of an interpreter. Hmm? It is that ministry that was able to put things in their right perspective. Because even after the Holy Ghost was poured, some people gathered together and said that these people are filled with new wine. They are drunk. Now, the interpreter entered and said, yes, they are drunk, but not as you suppose. Are you with me now? So it took the ministry of an interpreter to be able to put things in perspective so that the purpose and context and intent will not be lost in the cacophony, in manifestations, things happen. You know, prayer power, you know, all kinds of things, fasting, prayers, or 12 hours. If, if an interpreter is not around, people will start falling under power and drink and forget the very intent. Are you with me now? Because that what we are still experiencing now, people think, no, it is the sound. There is a sound that is made in heaven. Are you with me? Now, because of that sound, a lot of manifestations started happening. I, I don't have time. But anytime sound is made in heaven, you can go back to the book of, or rather go from to the book of Revelation, and we found out that anytime an angel makes a sound from heaven, hmm, there is a response on earth. Is it not true? Yeah, so on that account, you can easily understand that every sound that is made has a resultant effect that it has on its target. Truth is that there are sounds that are being made in the body of Christ. Sounds manifested in many utterances that people are releasing in songs and in, 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 in preachings, all kinds of utterances. And those utterances have become the carriage with which these sounds are being released into the body of Christ. They came as wine and people are drinking them these days. Now, the challenge is that men have not come into the ministry of the interpreter who is able to interpret to them the context and meaning of this sound, the intent of this sound. What is God trying to achieve? To what intent? Because if you don't understand it, the preparation and the extent to which you engage this dimension and the way you now apply yourself to the will of God, there is a purpose that is sustained in the heart of God. Are you with me now? For everything that God intends to do, there is what we call the economy of God. Because it is only the ministry of the interpreter that can bring us into the economy of God concerning the end time revival. The economy of God is simply, when I talk about the economy of God, it simply means the... Um, uh, administrative procedures that God has decided to use to minister himself to the body and to a generation. It's easy to understand now. There is administrative procedure. You are an administrator, is it not? So there are procedures you can use. For example, we want to share 1,000 bags of rice to the people in this town. As an administrator, we have 500 people. How do you do it? 
Now, you now go ahead and devise a way to share it. Is it not true? That procedure that you devised eh, so that what is your own can be ministered to a group of people, if you transfer it to the interpretation of what we now mean as the economy of God, it will properly be interpreted as the, the procedure that God has engaged so that the administrative, um, no, the administrative procedure that God has engaged so that he will be able to minister himself. It is not all the ways. God, God designs special ways to minister to different generations and different people and different territories. I hope you know. For example, in the Old Testament, the Bible said that he spoke to them through the mouth of what? Prophets. But in the last days, what did he do? He decided to speak through his son. That means, as far as the New Testament revelation of God is concerned, the, the economy of his revelation changed in the New Testament. Is it not true? As far as the economy of God is concerned, the revelation of God changed in the New Testament. He decided no more to be speaking through the prophets and decided to be speaking through what? His sons. So therefore, every single thing that is in the New Testament has become the economy of the revelation of Christ Jesus. Is it not true? And uh, uh, that has be, that because of that, it became the teachings of the apostles. Their, their target, that is what is called the apostles' doctrine. Their doctrine is that they will find a way to teach the things that Jesus spoke and lived. Because it is through the life that Jesus lived and spoke that God has decided to start speaking to generations after him. Is it not true? There were times he spoke through the prophets, but after that time he decided to speak through Jesus. And when we talk about the speakings of Christ, we don't just mean the words he spoke. In fact, we much more talk about the life that he lived. Is it not true? Because those lives became patterns that spoke to us that we can oh. All this thing I'm trying to say is to bring you to understand what it means for us to come into the ministry of an interpreter. Why are you here? And why are these things happening? You notice the question that Mary asked. What is the question he asked when the angel came to him, came to her sorry? Say, how can these things be? If there were no interpreter there to bring her into the accurate perspective of what God is doing, there is a tendency that she might have bought what she is carrying. She can use her words, she can use unbelief, and have bought what is carrying. But when interpretation was brought into the matter, accurate perspective was ministered. And then we became, until that thing is minister, we will not become good custodians of the realities and the outpourings and the things that God is releasing. If God moves in our midst, the best we do is just to enjoy it and go. We don't know that there is a purpose that is sustained in the heart of God. When we see men speak with strange utterance, we thought we just enjoyed that utterance. We won't know that there is a purpose for which God has ordained that it is through utterance that he will begin to communicate in this end time revival. 
The reason is that there is something that thought trans does inside of you. It awakens you. Is it not true? When a man speaks with utterance, something happens to you. Beyond what you are hearing, capacities are released, activations happen, stuff, things that is beyond normal happen to you. There is a, the intent is that the greatest hunger possible will be released in you. Because there is a purpose, there is a coming kingdom. And that coming kingdom can only be manned by ranking men. It is men that give themselves over to this ministration that the wine and the utterance are bringing, gave themselves over to the demands of them, we will be able to come to the rank and stature that it takes for us to man our different posts, both in time and eternity. We seek for ranking men. And it is on that account that is God is releasing a, a depth and dimension of wine and utterance and outpouring of the Spirit. Paradventure, he will be able to raise witnesses that can stand for him in the gates. The gates of of time, the gates of the of cities, the gates of territories, the gates of of all spheres of life, of education, the gates of of finance, the gates of all kinds of gates of politics. God is looking for witnesses, men of stature. Not is not people have said uh, we go and take over seven and all that, and then they sent even pastors, and pastors went there and became became. Worse than witches and wizards, they lied and cheated, they stole money. No, we send civilians. Next time we will send soldiers, we will send witnesses, men that has been tested and refined in the furnace of affliction, to the point that their only dependence is God and things that they derive from God. Hmm? The only thing that shifts their heart is what is, is the burden of God. The will of God has become their command. Elijah said, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So when you see people drinking and eating, this time I mean spiritual eating and drinking, you must have noticed the wine that is being released up and down. Eh? It is because we have heard the sound of abundance of rain. We have heard the sound of revival. And that's why God has sent us to bring interpretation to what he intends to do. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. <laughs> you know, because as I'm saying this thing now, people will talk, that's why we made all this prayer we made. Because these things that is happening, people thought that's the revival. They didn't know that this is what it, what we ginger, what we ginger, what we push you to be able to touch the revival. He said, "What eat and drink, for there is sound of what abundance of rain." It is on the account of this type of engagement and release from heaven that the prophet of God now went to the Mount of Carmel. Are you with me now? It is when we start hearing sound, we now interpret that sound. When we now interpret it, he said, press more. He said what? Increase capacity. So, we begin to engage it. He said, warfare. Hmm? He says, judgment. Whatever we interpret from that sound, eh? we bring it down to earth and begin to implement it.
Now, if you lack the capacity to interpret that sound, you will be out of sync. That is what we call disalignment. You will be doing many things. You can even be enjoying yourself. You can call for prayers and enjoy yourself. Hmm? God is not aware of what you are doing. That is why where we read, God is still looking for men that will stir themselves up. Because many people are doing many things. And he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his what? Between his knees. And said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. I don't want to. That, this is a digression. Eh? Don't surround yourself with people that. That lack sight in the spirit. You see, Elijah is operating from a different plane of existence. Hmm? Him, he knows that there is a hand somewhere there. Eh? But the servant didn't see it up until the seventh time. I want you to pray. In the next two minutes, ask God, heal my receptacles. May I not be blind to what is happening in the spirit. May my heart not lack discernment. May my ears not be deaf to hear. Heal my spiritual senses, my spiritual receptacles. Many people think they are hearing, they are not hearing anything. How do I know? How do they respond? Sanindo rata papala kadi, sandele boka tokuskada bandele prete benendia, inamola kabenanta gatata sakadanteli, jobregete de de dia kabronda katabanata, nende kola kada kabenandeli, zeprete benende ligata barana bataha, Hear my receptacles that I may hear you clearly, clearly, that I may see you clearly. Let clarity be brought to your interaction in the communications of God. Let the communications of God be very clear. Clarity, 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 clarity. In the name of Jesus Christ, let your receptacles be healed. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray.